With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
guys broadcasting live Billions of people Camels on the streets tracking who we meet And call this liberty Tonight. 
Well, that's all right. Uh, thank you so much for having me. This is a crucial time in American history, and I hope we can uh, do some good to change that. Well, listen, you've been on the show before, but uh, I'd like uh, for folks that didn't get a chance to hear you last time, or maybe they don't realize uh, how you got to where you are, could you give folks kind of a uh, uh, your your introduction on that, how you, how you ended up uh, working where you are now? Well, that, that's actually uh, a, a darn good question. It could be quite loaded. I could take uh, a couple hours telling you that, or I could take <laughs> a couple of minutes. But I'll try the couple of minute one. Um, uh, I was a cop in Utah for 11 years, and then I was a sheriff down in Arizona, where I'm from. And um, while I was, you know, while I was serving in law enforcement, I discovered an amazing uh, principle and predicament and that's the oath of office. And I decided that there's no way that I or any other cop could keep his oath, uh, his or her oath of office without studying and dedicating yourself to the Constitution. And I completely changed my views about police work and government and freedom, and, and my whole view of life almost changed because I started studying the Founding Fathers and the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and I fell in love with all of them. And then while I was serving as sheriff in Arizona, uh, I decided that there was no way out for me except to sue the Clinton administration when the Brady Bill came out. And the Brady Bill was the first time in American history that forced the sheriffs, <clears throat> the sheriffs of this country, to participate in a federal gun control scheme. And uh, so I was the first sheriff in American history to sue the federal government take a case all the way to the United States Supreme Court and beat them. We beat the Clinton administration at the U.S. Supreme Court. And there were six other sheriffs who joined the lawsuit, and I'm really proud of that, but um, I'm really disappointed that there was only seven sheriffs out of 3,087 some odd sheriffs, almost 3,100 sheriffs in this country, and only seven did this. And Right now I'm working on the same principle, and that is that the sheriffs of this country, law enforcement, chiefs of police, city councilmen, and county commissioners can all uh, erect the barriers against the encroachments of the federal government. We don't need to sue anymore. We need to stand firm and tell the federal government there's a few things you're not going to do in our counties anymore and abusing our citizens and, and taking away our gun rights and confiscating property and confiscating guns and full-scale registration of firearms from law-abiding citizens is not going to happen in our counties. And if we're going to stop gun control and if we're going to take back our country, it can happen one sheriff at a time, one county at a time. We'll take back America county by county and state by state, and we can make Washington, D.C. polymagicians, as I say in my most recent book, the Magic of Gun Control, the, one of the best gun control books out there ever. But uh, we can make all of this a reality, and we can take back our country. And, and w every one of your listeners and everybody participating on this show must understand that you are a vital part of this uh, success. You are a vital part of the retaking of America and reclaiming America. You've got to have a relationship with your sheriff and your local officials, and they must hear from you. This can work only if we the people get involved and make this a grassroots effort 
and do not underestimate the power of one. Uh, you know, when I did the Brady Bill and, and, and the lawsuit, I was completely by myself. And then, like I said, six other sheriffs joined in. But that's a pretty small amount. And that's a, it was a, a huge minority. And uh, so don't well, underestimate was, yourself and don't underestimate the power of one. That's, that's exactly what I was telling folks in the prep and stuff for the show because that's something that you hear all the time. Uh, well, uh, it's, I'm sure you, people have said it since the beginning of time, and that is I, I'm just one person. What am I going to do? What, what am I as one person going to do? Am I going to fight the government? And uh, I point them in your direction, and I said, yeah, I, I think you can. Uh, Sheriff Mack has pretty much shown that you can do that because take just a second and let folks know that <clears throat> that the Brady Bill that did get pushed through was just the tip of the iceberg. If, if everyone would have sat back and just said, oh, well, there's nothing we can do about it, we're just going to have to accept it, there, was a lot, there were a lot of worse things that were coming down. Can you tell folks about what they had in mind uh, before you put the brakes on it? Well, yeah. Um, you need to understand that there were actually five <coughs> Brady Bills and uh, our lawsuit basically started the movement to stop the Brady Bill movement. Uh, it was going to do everything that they've been proposing to do uh, since uh, the Sandy Hook shooting. They wanted to uh, register uh, ammunition, and they were going to regulate uh, FFLs out of business. Their goal was to get rid of 66%, at least two-thirds of the FFLs in this country. They were going to uh, regulate gun shows out of business. And, and literally, most of the gun shows in this country don't realize that a handful of sheriffs literally saved their businesses. And uh, we killed and stopped Brady Bills 2, 3, 4, and 5. And because we beat number 1, 2, 3, 4, <coughs> excuse me, 2, 3, 4, and 5 never happened. And so you need to realize that we literally changed the course of, a, of history. And I, I will quote a, a good friend of mine uh, by the name of Ron Burns. He, he's the freeze-dry guy. And uh, he just likes to be known as freeze-dry guy, but I, I want to quote Ron Burns this time, <laughs> not just freeze-dry guy. But, and I really appreciate the foods that he provides me and my family. We get our, all our food with uh, freeze-dryguy.com. But Ron Burns said, and I never really thought of it, and, and he said this uh, to another group of people, and, <laughs> He said, Sheriff Mack and those handful of sheriffs bought us about 15 to 20 years of extra freedom when it comes to the Second Amendment because uh, he understood the magnitude of our case and how far-reaching it went when we stopped legislation from Washington, D.C. from seriously destroying the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment would have been all but gone had Brady Bills 2, 3, 4, and 5 ever been passed. Right, and and on top of that, it was. I mean, I I, I think he's absolutely right. I think people do not understand uh, what a what a horrible train wreck this could have been. Because I think at the time, uh, if, if the rest of them would have come out, I think that would have been uh, not just a foot in the door. I think that would have been uh, I think that would have been ten elephants through the door. It would have shut oh, yeah. down a lot of what we're doing. It would have given the government the impetus they needed uh, to continue on with more full-scale gun registration. And 
at that time, back when he started this, there was not the awareness, there was not the motivation uh, that folks have now. There, there was not, there certainly wasn't the, uh, uh, the groups that are together, that are formed together now. Uh, it would be much, much harder to get that done now. And back then, I think it could have been done fairly easily, and it was, I think it's just one of those, one of those, uh, uh, one of those flukes of of something turning out right, and uh, you know, and actually uh, the finger and the dike working. So, you know, we owe you guys uh, a, a huge debt of gratitude for that because if it would have been pushed through, and uh, and like you said, that was just the that was just beginning. I think it would have the door would have been opened wide, and they would have continued pushing through. And like I said, the people at that time I don't think were in any uh, shape to resist it. I think they would have uh, they would have let a great you know, really, deal of it. I, I think that's a good analysis. I, th- I think that's a very valid analysis on your part. Um, you know, it just wasn't a big issue, right? You know, like it has happened when Barack Obama came out. So. Uh, all of a sudden, like, and, and wanted to destroy the Second Amendment in one blow. You know, usually, like the Brady Bill thing, it was an incremental Fabianistic movement. Barack Obama has been bold in your face, and there was no gradual encroachments. It was, destroy it all right now. That's what I want. I want to destroy it all right, right. now. The Brady Bill did it much differently and uh, incrementally, and so people were still falling asleep, and... And uh, they just didn't think it was going to happen, and uh, that's the worst time to uh, have it happen is when people aren't expecting it. And you're right, people back then weren't really paying attention. Right now, we've had such an awakening because of the communist that is in the White House and the horrible uh, destruction that he has created towards our freedoms and our Constitution that it has created a Tea Party movement. Uh, Barack Obama created the Tea Party movement, and he's the one that made this um, movement take flight. And and so uh, of all the freedom groups out there and all the gun rights groups, I mean, the NRA has had um, historic uh, sign-ups and success, Gun Owners of America, same thing, and other gun rights groups across the country uh, have had tremendous success. And I used to work with Larry Pratt at Gun Owners of America. I, I still really believe in his methodology and his philosophy towards the Second Amendment. And Gun Owners of America believes in no compromise on the Second Amendment. And I think that's the way every gun rights group uh, should proceed. We cannot compromise freedom. We cannot compromise with these poly magicians in Washington, D.C. anymore. And that's exactly what I say in my book. Uh, uh, I created a new word. I invented a new word. I hope it makes the Webster Dictionary someday, and it's polymagician. And that's a, poli- that's a politician who wants to pretend that he's an illusionist, or in other words, a magician. And they're trying to pull a sleight of hand over the American people and trick us into believing that gun control will som- somehow, miraculously and magically, and that's the key word, magically, uh, provide some sort of benefit to the American people and law-abiding citizens when history is very clear that just the opposite will will happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not just history. Been, I mean, we have we got uh, we got other uh, 
not just little countries, but other large nations that uh, have experimented with this and have come away, uh, their results have been dreadful with uh, the United Kingdom and Australia, uh, uh, plenty of countries that have tried this, and it's been a disaster. And I, I got to tell you, I, for me, I have to wonder about this big push on it because it makes me think of those those street uh, magicians. It's exactly like you're talking about, the street magicians. Yeah. magicians that, yeah. uh, here we are at a 50-year low for gun homicides, 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, even things like, uh, like the... What they would term what they would term assault rifles. We've got uh, let's see, the last available data showed about I think it showed about uh, thirteen thirteen thousand uh, homicides with rifles. Of those, there were only thirteen that were committed with what they term assault style rifles. So you have to wonder if we're at a fifty-year low. And if the assault-style rifles with the uh, with the bayonet lugs are to be so dreaded and feared, then wh- what is their real agenda? Because it's not it's not to prevent homicide. Because we've already it's, that's already happening naturally through through the uh, just through the cycle that we're in. So what is their real reason for doing this right now? And the only thing that I can come up with is is just control. Uh, it is another form it, of it control. Um, they want full-scale uh, gun confiscation. They have uh, pretty much realized that all their 22,000, 25,000 gun control laws already in existence in this country, all of which are illegal and unlawful, but they've already determined that those aren't working. And so to really have an impact, they have to start taking guns away. They have to get rid of guns, not just restrict them and not just register them, but get rid of them, and that is the agenda. That is the plan. And gun owners in this in this country have got to wake up, and we've got to uh, start voting uh, the same way. And that there are uh, gun owners that vote for people like uh, Diane Feinstein, or even more obviously, the gun owners in Nevada voting for Harry Reid. Right, and uh, well, that's this because is why. he's not. Yeah, he's not coming after their particular gun, so they feel safe. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. the, the gun culture is is so fragmented in that fashion, and uh, and they all think that as long as they're as long as their little piece of the pie is safe, then they're okay. You know, they're not looking at the at the larger picture, at the larger implications uh, that gun control is going to have. Well, they're not, and it's really sad because we have enough gun owners in this country to uh, make a significant change in all of this. But it, it, one thing I'm convinced of, and two things that I point out in my book, The Magic of Gun Control, I rec- highly recommend the book. In fact, we have a Christmas special on that book all this month of December, and it's only $10. It's normally a $20 book. So we have it 50% off. So at my website is cspoa.org stands for Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. You can uh, get that book and get it uh, in time for Christmas for your friends and family. But the book points well, Sam, out... Sam put, uh, that, Sam put that up in the chat room, and I'll put it up on the blog, too. Oh, yeah, sure please, thanks. Get directed to it. Yeah, thank you. 
And the, the book points out the historical aspect of uh, gun control and, and the analysis of gun control and what, it, what the agenda really is. But the, the other point in the book, and this is a very powerful point in the book, and that is this. No matter what kind of statistical analysis you can apply to gun control laws, that they prevent crime, that they make you safer, that uh, places where uh, they, they really manipulate statistics and say, oh, yes, uh, gun control has made us safer, like Pierce Morgan tried to do when Larry Pratt was on his show, saying that England is so much safer. Uh, well, we certainly know Australia is not, has not been safer. And, of course, Pierce Morgan has lied about the uh, cr crime statistics in, in England as well. But r regardless, uh, in America, gun control is against the law. And even if you found out that there were statistic statistical analyses that provide evidence that gun control does make us safer, it's still against the law. You don't get to circumvent the law because you found some statistical analysis or you manipulated a statistical analysis. And this is what the Founding Fathers had in mind from the beginning. It doesn't matter what kind of analysis you give to gun control issues or procedures or programs. Gun control in America is plain and simply against the law. No politician, no one in your state capital or in your state or in your county or in Washington, D.C., is allowed to initiate gun control. It is against the law here. It is against the supreme law, the Bill of Rights being the supreme laws of the Supremes. And the Founding Fathers said there's going to be a few principles that government can never touch. And the Second Amendment, well, it's second. And only to the five principles in the First Amendment that uh, make freedom possible. And to preserve those freedoms, in America, we had an upside-down pyramid where we the people are in charge. That would be impossible if government could take guns away from us uh, capriciously and whimsically. It would be impossible for us to be in charge of this government and of this country. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that I, I think people don't understand that. And I was reading a... Uh, an article uh, yesterday, I think it was. I'm not sure if that one is written, but it was an article by in uh, Esquire magazine by a uh, lieutenant colonel, and uh, he was talking about this exact thing about how it was time to revisit uh, the Supreme Court, revisit the Constitution, and to make ownership of guns illegal. And he was going through his uh, his guidelines and how he would go about it and how he would do it. And I, I wrote back on there that that he scared the hell out of me. That that he to me he seemed like the exact reason that the uh, that the Second Amendment was listed because of folks who once that once they are in control and you have no method for redress, uh, then then there's nothing that they can't do. There's nothing that they can't do. There's nothing that they can't make you do. And we're already at a very, uh, a very dangerous point in our history. You know, when you were talking earlier about when you, when you made this stand 
against the Brady Bill. At that time, that, that was just a few short years ago, but at that time, when if you told somebody that you were a constitutionalist or that or if you expressed the beliefs that you had for the that for the second amendment interpretation uh things like that then you would be branded uh a radical uh, crazy person uh you know you wouldn't you just didn't bring stuff up like that and now you can go to uh, you can be in the checkout line at Walmart and you can have somebody there uh and it can just be a regular even a soccer mom saying uh she was buying some ammunition because that was her right and she wasn't going to allow the government uh to circumvent her rights even if it meant uh her having to stand up to the government I mean this is we're at a and I don't think people realize what a dangerous place that we're in right now because this is a lot like uh, 1774 and 1775 when when the, you know, we talked about the people not being organized or not being ready uh, back in 88, 89. Now the people are. And now I'm not saying that people are, that every American is ready to stand up and defend their rights. I'm just saying that that it's it's no longer in a behind closed doors discussion. It's a completely out in the open, uh, across a gas pump discussion of of making a decision to defend yourself and your rights and your and your and the Constitution against the government. And it's being talked about out in the open. This is a very dangerous place for our nation to be. Well, it is, and. The, the one thing that we're doing at the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org, I want everybody to know that we are focusing on the peaceful solution. There still is a peaceful solution. This is not a call to arms. This is a call to action. It is a call if we get the sheriffs. It is a call to, for you to work and get busy with your local uh, officials, especially your sheriff. He is the ultimate power in his county. In your county, he is the ultimate protector of the people. He took an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution, in other words, your God-given rights. And his responsibility is to protect you from all criminals, both foreign and domestic. makes little difference if they come from the government. If we get our sheriffs on board and other local officials, get on board the constitutional train and not be afraid to be called a constitutionalist or a right-wing nut or freedom nut or anything like that. If we have uh, courageous sheriffs in this country standing for liberty with us, hand-in-hand with the people, we will take back America. This will be successful, this will be effective, and it will be peaceful. Well, I I think that the one of the reasons that you only had six sheriffs standing by you is I don't think that a lot of the, at least at that time, I know that you guys have gone through great lengths in order to educate the uh, the sheriffs across the nation, but I don't think that the sheriffs understood. They really understood uh, their job and and the historical uh, relevance of their job. You know, the sheriff's office is the it's the oldest office in the land. And we had uh, the sheriff's office before we had anything else. Before we had mayors or governors or the presidents or anything else. And the sheriff's job was always. Uh, 
to defend the folks that uh, that they were in charge of defending, to defend them and to defend the what had started out as the state constitutions, uh, I mean the, the uh, colonies, and then became the state, and now the the sheriffs, uh, and uh, and I know that you already mentioned this before, but they're the highest law enforcement officer in the lands over their counties, and I think that a lot of the sheriffs didn't understand that. I think a lot of the well, sheriffs there's, there's were, not enough of them to understand it now, but you're right. Our whole movement has been to educate them and to make sure that they understand it. And that's why my book has gone viral. Not the magic of gun control, but the book I wrote four and a half years ago, which is The County Sheriff, America's Last Hope. I'm telling you, every one of your listeners and everybody participating should read that book. It's about, yes, it's about your sheriff. And that's why you need to read the book. You can't work with your sheriff if you don't know what he's supposed to know, if you don't know what he's supposed to do, if you really don't know his responsibilities. It's only a 50-page booklet, and it's normally $8. It's on sale for $4. You can get a bunch of them for Christmas, pass them around, uh, and it doesn't need to be for Christmas. It needs to be, these are tools for liberty, and this book has been going viral, and you need to make it even go viral more. Every American home should have that book in it, this is the answer. It is the solution. And I, I'm really still surprised that more people aren't getting focused and involved in the, the only solution we have left. The only solution we have left is the principle I filed my lawsuit on, and that is state sovereignty and local autonomy. Local control, local uh, autonomy is the answer. If we erect the barriers against the encroachments of the federal government, then we're going to win this battle. But if we don't, we're not. We're not even going to come close. We have a small window opening for for our liberty and for our families, and it's called state sovereignty and the enforcement of the Tenth Amendment and state sovereignty. You've got to get involved in that process. There is no other issue more important. There is no other program for freedom more important than this one. This one is working. We have the proof that it is, and in fact, uh, you can get all of our tools on our website, and you can see for yourself that what we're doing is working. The problem that I have with it is that we have simply got to get more people involved so that we can make this bigger, better, faster right now. I just don't think the window is going to be open much longer. Well, let's talk about that for just a second, uh, Sheriff Mack. And that's that uh, you yourself were a sheriff, and there are – I don't even know the number. I know there are tens of thousands of uh, uh, of sheriffs across the United States. No, 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 just 3,087. Uh, 3, that's it. That's all? That's it. There, right. there are no sheriffs in Connecticut. There are no sheriffs in Hawaii and no sheriffs or in Alaska. Alaska. And well, there, that's about how many counties we have in America, 3,100. Well, the... Uh, uh, Say that uh, there's a person that wants to to inform their county sheriff about it. You being a, uh, a former sheriff yourself, and uh, what is the best way for for the folks to reach out and uh, and uh, you know and make a develop a re- relationship and get this information into their county sheriff's 
uh, hands because I know that. Well, we uh, have that exact plan. Several years ago, uh, I I talked to uh, a sheriff, not in my county that I'm in now, but I talked to another sheriff. He actually gave me a pretty uh, brusque brush off and said uh, I didn't need to tell him how to do his job. And I said I, I wasn't telling you how to do the job. I was just telling you that you know that you're the that you're the highest law enforcement officer in the land, and uh, and I could tell it was going south real quick, so I just stopped. Well, uh, first of all, he should be humble enough to hear from one of his constituents because you do work for he does work for you, and uh, not just only you, but uh, collectively the people in his county. So it's okay for one person to tell him, you know what? I really hope that you're a, a constitutional sheriff. There's a lot of us who feel the same way. Are you going to protect us from uh, the government confiscating our guns? Uh, will you? uphold and defend the Constitution, as you promised to do. Um, you know, there's there's a tactful way to start that conversation with the sheriff and, and say, uh, hey, I would really like to stop by and talk to you sometime, uh, you know, bring him some cookies, break the ice that way, um, make an appointment with him, and, and take several people with you and say, hey, we're very involved with the local Tea Party groups and the, the local gun rights groups. And we want to know your stand on some of the issues, and we want to ask you how you feel about gun control and what you will do to stop gun control and to prevent uh, door-to-door confiscation of guns. And um, we want to know if you've ever heard of uh, Sheriff Mack's book, The County Sheriff, America's Last Hope. Uh, he should already have it, and, and uh, 95, 90, I'd say 99% of the sheriffs in this country know about that book. And uh, so if, they, if he says he doesn't have it, then make sure you take him one. If he says he right. does have it, then make sure you ask him if he's read it and if he has any problems with it. Well, listen, you're also talking about, you know, you're talking about the window that yeah. uh, that is right now that is it's open, but, you know, there's pushes. You guys are pushing hard with the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association. You're trying yeah. to get the information out and trying to get the sheriffs to rally behind it and understand it. Now, at the same time, the federal government is trying to beat you uh, at this end game, and they're working just as hard to close this loop out, too. Uh, and so are some of the states, like uh, like you were talking about earlier. You've got Connecticut, and you have Delaware with, uh, uh, with them trying to strip the ability for the sheriffs to make uh, arrests. Uh, right. Trying to relegate them yeah. to where they have no power of arrest. And Sheriff Christopher Botton sued on that issue from Sussex County, and he lost. Now, we're still working with Sheriff Christopher, but uh, it was a huge loss for us. But we just had a huge victory in uh, Liberty County, Florida, where the sheriff was actually arrested because he nullified the arrest of a citizen in his county by the name of Floyd Parrish who had been arrested for mere possession of a gun. Yes, te- technically, and uh, the sh- Sheriff Finch uh, told the citizen this, but technically he should have had a permit. But I don't believe in those permits, and this is what happens when you get permits, is government starts arresting people when you don't have them. And right. this was a law-abiding citizen, just had a gun in his pocket. He was inside his car. That's not illegal. And so the deputy arrested him for not having a permit. Uh, Sheriff Finch nullified the arrest and released the man and did not charge him. 
and was not going to refer him to court. And the state came in and rearrested uh, uh, the citizen, Floyd Parrish, and arrested Sheriff Finch for doing what he did. Now, I went to the trial. Sheriff Finch uh, refused to take the plea bargain, and he uh, won in court. He was found not guilty by a jury of his peers. He's been uh, replay, uh, reinstated as sheriff of Liberty County, and he's a real friend of freedom. And uh, so th- this is right now a movement to destroy the office of sheriff, to destroy the powers of sheriff, to destroy the uh, resolve of sheriffs to stand up for what's right and to stand for liberty and freedom. That's proof enough right there that what we're doing is working. That's why we need all of you on board this freedom train. You've got to get on board. We can't watch and cheer the parade as it goes by. We've got to get in the middle of the action. And so your question about how to go talk to your sheriff is is right on target. We need everybody doing that. Call him, go visit him, leave messages that you hope that he's uh, read my book, that he's going to read the book. He might try to pass you off and not give you time of day. Just keep calling, stop by, leave a book, leave cookies, tell him who you are, leave uh, the organizations you're representing. There's no way these guys can continue to uh, ignore the wishes of their constituents. One thing I know wow. for sure is we're not going to vote our way out of this, especially at the state capitals and in Washington, D.C., but we can do so locally. We can control these elections. We can get good sheriffs in there, and we can work with them, and we can form posses with them, and we can restore America one sheriff well, at a time. Sheriff Mack, i got another sheriff from out in Grant County, Oregon, says he would like to... Uh... He'd like to speak for a second. Well, that's Glenn Palmer. Uh, Chef, welcome to the show. Good evening. Good evening. Hey, Rich. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Hey, well, I, I'm, uh, doing, I'm doing a lot better now that you're on the show, my friend. Good. Hey, I just <laughs> wanted to uh, reiterate what you had to say, Mac. And uh, it's, it's going to take all of us sheriffs together in a united front to... Uh, keep our liberty and our freedoms that we've uh, held near and dear to our chest. I actually called to flip you a little bit of grief, but I see the seriousness of this uh, talk show tonight, and I was going to give you a little bit of bad time, but uh, (laughs) we've got a a big battle ahead of us, and uh, we need to to do something, and we need to take a serious approach to what's coming, and um, we need to get more people on board, and I just wanted to... uh, commend you for the work that you do and the, the stand you've made. Uh, it hasn't been easy for any of us. Boy, I'll and, say. Uh, my hat's off to you, Rich. And what, what's your name, Sheriff? My name is Glenn Palmer. I'm the sheriff in Grant County, Oregon. And let me tell okay. you something about him. He's been probably the first contemporary constitutional sheriff in America. He's been fighting this battle for the last 12, 13, almost 15 years. He has stood strong in his county, fighting the Forest Service and fighting other federal agencies. That's where I recognize him from. Yeah, (laughs) and people of his county have stood behind him. They've uh, re-elected him in landslides. And one of the main reasons they are standing behind him is because he stands behind them and for them and for the Constitution. And Sheriff Glenn Palmer 
is one of the stalwart sheriffs of this country. Can I can I ask well, you a question, thank Mac? Thank you, Sheriff. Yeah. Can I ask a question of Mac? Sure. Yeah, go right ahead. When 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 was the last time you were on the firing line? Oh, gee. Um, well, they're always coming after me, but uh, yeah. as a as a sheriff, obviously that's been quite a while. But one, sta- standing in front of the feds, and um, it, you know, I I can just tell you there there's a lot of suspicious things that have happened to me, but no one's on the front line more than you are. Yeah. Well, what what I was getting at was uh, I've recently become involved with the Appleseed Project, and uh, oh, that's a good I've, group. I just got my rifleman's patch here a couple weeks ago, and I, <laughs> I'd congratulations, like Sheriff Palmer. I'd, I'd like to challenge you, Mac. You need to get on the firing line and get your patch. And uh, go, go to an apple seed. It's a it's a very well presented program. I've uh, been involved with Griff Marshall. He's the state coordinator here in Oregon, and uh, we've got some things in the works that we're going to try and put on a law enforcement shoot for apple seed. It might be a first in the country. Um, it's a it's a program worth its weight in gold. And I wish I'd have got involved in this a long time ago. So um, go to a go to an apple seed Mac and. All right. Well, I actually went to a couple of their shoots and uh, spoke at one of their uh, big events in Texas while I was there. And um, my assistant Tanya is very involved with the apple seed project. Yeah. Well, good. Right. Hey, and I don't want to. I was going to hit you up. I take up too much more. Before that. Well, thank you very much, uh, Sheriff Palmer, and. If there's any way, if there's anything we can do to uh, to help you out, or if at any time that you'd like to uh, to come on the air and get any information out, we're here every Thursday evening. So uh, feel free to call in and and put out any information that you'd like to. All righty. Well, keep All up right, the well, fight, thank Mac. You very much, we're, sir. we're here with you guys. Thank uh, you. Thanks, Sheriff Palmer. Thanks, Glenn. Bye bye. Appreciate you. Well, I would, I'm going to. I'm going to ask you about that before you left, and that is, uh, we'd love to uh, put on a an event uh, for you and any of the rest of the folks that are ready. We can do it anywhere, anytime, and uh, we'll be glad to set one up uh, for for you and your folks, or for any of the uh, constitutional sheriffs and peace officers association anywhere, anytime. We'll be glad to to set one up because uh, the Appleseed Project is is right there with you pushing for the same things and uh, uh and we'd love to uh we'd love to work with you. Well, let's do it. I'd be happy to uh, participate in any of that. And um I I'm thrilled with the uh, the response that we're getting from some of our sheriffs and um I coincidentally uh, right after this, uh, about 10 to 15 constitutional sheriffs, including Sheriff Palmer, are going to be on a blog talk radio program. And any of your listeners who would like to uh, get on and, and participate would sure be welcome. Uh, I don't know if your show, but your show goes another hour, right? Yes, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, is that when you're getting ready to go? Are you getting ready yeah. to, to go to a yeah, conference Sheriff call with Palmer that? Yeah. Sheriff Palmer and other sheriffs from uh, all the, across the country. Sheriff Danny Pyman from uh, Kentucky. Sheriff Dean Wilson uh, from California. We've actually got a good response from uh, some some of our good sheriffs in California, especially Northern California. 
are becoming very active in this constitutional movement. And so uh, Sheriff well, you know, Palmer I, and uh, others will be on there at uh, at the top of the hour. Okay, well, and, you're going to give us the – we'll get the information out because uh, I would be more than willing to, uh, to, to have everybody who's listening here tonight swing over to that show and listen to that show. Well, they could, they could probably up. do both uh, very easily. So uh, let me see. It's, it says um, call in or click on the banner to access the show on your computer. So I, 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 the only way that you could do that is, I guess, I, if I emailed that to you. But the phone number is real easy, and you could probably access it off of that. But uh, it's I'm sure one of our guys can, uh, can look it up. And uh, we'll get it out on the air before we close up tonight. Well, here, and the, uh, with the blog talk radio shows, if you if they want to listen to it live, they can go straight over and listen to it live. But if not, the show will be there, and it will stream uh, right. at whatever point they click on it. It'll start streaming, and they'll be able to get the information by listening. Yeah. Okay. Let me. Let me. Uh, and then while you're looking for that, I'll just tell you that. Uh, that uh, when I was researching this, uh, well, I guess this was like, this was last year whenever you came on, but uh, I found that back in the 70s, they had tried to, they had tried to close out the uh, office of sheriff out in California, but once again, there was one guy, one supervisor, who was able to persuade the state legislators to get, uh, to get it on the ballot and the measure passed, and now the uh, the mandate for elected sheriffs is now in the state constitution there in California. But they're trying to remove the uh, the office of sheriff there back in the 70s, and they're trying to do it uh, in a lot of the states now. Missouri keeps trying to do it over and over. Uh, there are a lot of folks that are trying to get rid of the office of the sheriff, and uh, and so are the feds. That's a lot of stuff that I don't understand. Uh, things like the like DHS, you know, putting in an order for 450 million rounds of ammunition. The only thing I can yeah. think of is that they're trying to put a choke on ammunition, so it's hard for everybody else to get it. And I also was reading an article where they they were saying that uh, they were also using that as part of a carrot for the state for the sheriff's offices and stuff, saying that. Uh, they would release ammunition for training and stuff to them if the sheriffs got on board with the federal law enforcement policies. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I will say uh, I made uh, a name for myself uh, filing that lawsuit, but I will tell most people 90% of the time now I'm totally against going to court asking permission to keep your oath, asking permission to enforce the Constitution, asking permission to stand for liberty. No, we don't ask permission from government and tyrants to do what we know we're supposed to be doing. And so I say no more suing, just a lot more doing. Right, right. And and you're absolutely right. I wish there was some way, I wish there was some magical uh, wand you could wave to that would motivate the folks because like you said there right now there are enough folks in the United States that believe uh if not 100% like you and I do 
then yeah. close enough that we could we could uh, defend and protect uh, our rights so easily. It's it's unbelievable. But how yeah. do you get these people to get off of their couch and do the right thing? That's the, that is the hardest. That's, that's the, the part of the equation that's, that's killing us. And that's getting the folks who know that this is the right thing to do to get up and do something about it. Well, that's, uh, that's exactly my call to each of your listeners. We have to be involved in the process. We have to be supporting good sheriffs. Sheriff Palmer could not be in this fight by himself. He has a lot of good people behind him in Grant County, Oregon. Uh, we've got to get behind these men and women. There's about 15 female sheriffs in America, and they they have to know where we stand, and they have to know we support them. You know, the, the bumper sticker, support your local sheriff, needs to be restored. We need to support our local sheriff, but only if and when he has committed to us that he will defend liberty that he will stand for our property rights, our gun rights, and uh, all the rights as guaranteed in the Bill of Rights. We've got to restore this. We've got to make this um, a household name again. Right now, they belittle anybody that stands for freedom, just as you alluded to earlier. They belittle anybody who quotes the Constitution or quotes the Founding Fathers. The All you have to do to be branded and labeled a nut is to quote the Founding Fathers and the Constitution. I think that's a shame, but it's the way the media works, and it's the way the propagandists work, and it's the way the polymagicians work. And we've got to stop that, and we can't let that get in the way. We must be courageous also. We must emulate the Founding Fathers. We must stand for those principles upon which America was founded. If we don't, we are part of the problem. Don't cry about wanting your freedoms back if you don't get involved in the game yourself. So every right. one of you, every one of you has a responsibility to get involved in this and to help with this movement. My wife and I have dedicated our lives to this. This is what we do full time. And I ask that each one of you re-examine what you are doing. You can tell how dedicated people are by how much time and money they put into something. The Founding Fathers pledged their lives, their fortunes, and sacred honor to this holy cause of liberty. We must do the same. And so donate more, get involved more. Go to our website at cspoa.org, Charlie, Sierra, Papa, Oscar, Adam, cspoa.org. Get involved in this holy cause of liberty. Get involved with your sheriff. Get involved with local issues and make your county a free constitutional county. All right. And uh, and I know that you do a lot of uh, a lot of time out on the road now. I don't know how you do it, but I know that you're doing spending a great deal of time out on the road. If uh, yes. folks were uh, happen to gaze out across the United States and trying to see where you were uh, for the next coming weeks, where would they where would they might find you? Well, I'll uh, uh, be in Utah during the Christmas holidays, and I'm, it looks like I'm going to have a speaking engagement there. We're not sure which time. I'll be in Kentucky um, around the 18th, uh, but it's kind of a closed uh, session. 
but then in January, we're really starting off with some big stuff there. I just got back from uh, Washington, D.C., where I spoke at the Reclaim America rally. And right after that, I was in Mississippi. And just before that, I was in Nebraska. So, yeah, you're, you're right. My frequent flyer miles are going sky high. Uh, excuse the pun. <laughs> And, um, well, you know, just like I say, though, you know, we've dedicated our lives to this. This is what we do. I'm away from my family uh, about uh, 75% of the time. So I'm enjoying the Christmas holidays. Uh, people uh, kind of slow down and don't ask uh, me to speak so much in December. And I'm a little bit grateful for that, but I'd, I'd just soon be real busy. We did have an event planned for December 15th, which is Bill of Rights Day. And that was going to be in Texas. And then... Um, they asked to postpone till January. So um, I'm wide open. I'd still go anywhere this month if, if somebody wants to have an event. But the, the thing of it is you need to have your own event, and you need to get involved in this process. And if you don't, then you know what? Uh, we become part of the problem. And there's none of us that should be on this program that should allow ourselves to be part of the problem. We've got to be part of the solution. We've got to be part of the holy cause of liberty. And we've got to take 1776 all the way to today. We've come full circle on the abuses. Now we need to come full circle on the, uh, standing for freedom. And I will reiterate, this is a peaceful process. And if you get your sheriffs involved, it will be effective. All right. Wilson, I know, and, it's, uh, I know you've got to uh, unplug to head to your next commitment. Uh, you'll have like about uh, one minute to catch your breath real quick. And uh, <laughs> and I, I want to thank you so much for, for giving us the, the time to come on and speak about this. I could, uh, you're very uh, passionate about your cause, as you should be, and each and every one of us should uh, should start looking at this because we have we have very few options left to us nowadays, and this is a very, very good one. So once again, if you want to get uh, in touch with uh, with Sheriff Mac's group, it's cspoa.org. That's the website that he's uh, that he's operating from. And uh, maybe uh, you can come back up on come back on the show uh, in another few months and just give us an update on how things are going and and help keep the uh, the folks motivated and spun up on this. Yeah, I would very much like to. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, uh, Sheriff Mack. God bless and keep you and yours. And uh, if there's ever anything that we can do, like I said, Appleseed is more than willing uh, to help and get behind what you're doing, and uh, we'll be glad to help out any way we can. Well, thanks. Merry Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas to you, too. Bye-bye. All right. Giving some of his time, he, uh, you can see he's... Uh, He's got uh he's got a lot of speaking engagements. Did uh, any of you guys happen to uh uh happen to check out the the address for the uh for the for the radio show that's coming up? Uh, I'm looking on his website now to see if uh, if I can catch it on there. If not, if if you can get it, uh, somebody can take a look and find out where that uh, where that show is, and I'll put the information on here. And if not, 
uh, I'll put it in the blog, and I'll be sure and get the information out to you uh, as, uh, at the next uh, this next show so that you can listen to it. All of these shows at uh, Blog Talk are, uh, are archived, so you'll be able to go and listen to uh, listen to this show afterwards. <laughs> but also, uh, uh, I also welcome you guys to, uh, if we can find it, we'll get it posted up on here so that you guys can go and listen to that show too. And uh, call in uh, if you'd like to. And uh, we'll take any callers that... Uh, that would like to call in and talk here tonight, our number is 347-308-8790. 347-308-8790. And, you know, I've, I've spoken with county sheriffs here uh, several times to invite them to come to Appleseed events and... Uh, you know, to set uh, events up for the for the county, and uh, and so far nothing has come of it. But I, you know, I have to remind myself, just like I usually tell other folks, is <clears throat> is that nothing is static uh, in this life. If you talk to uh, your county sheriff, or to, to to anybody, or to a range, or anything like that. If it's been six months since you spoke to them, then then put them back in rotation and talk to them again. If you can't uh, if you can't uh, get the uh, get the information to them and see if they don't want to uh, to rethink it, <clears throat> folks. Uh, a lot of times when they first hear about the apple seed, or or maybe they've heard about it a few times, uh, but they they're not ready for it. People uh, at different times and for different reasons. So be sure, uh, just because you've contacted a range or some other organization and uh, invited them to an apple seed or asked them if you could set one up for them or something like that, and uh, either you got no response or a negative response or something like that, don't let that stop you. Uh, go through again. Don't throw the numbers away. Just uh, put it on your calendar. When you get a negative response, flip ahead six months uh, to that date and put a mark on there saying, okay, I'm going to recontact them on this date and try them again and see if that uh, won't work for you. I, I know that I'm going to uh, order the stuff from Sheriff Mack, the, uh, the Sheriff's books, and I've already got a big stack of constitutions. And I'm going to... Uh, stop by the sheriff's office again and politely uh, politely invite them to, to an event and drop off the uh, Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association information to them and just let them know that uh, I'm behind them and that I'm trusting in the sheriff to defend and safeguard my rights, my family's rights, my county, uh, my fellow county members' rights from all enemies, foreign and domestic, and how much I appreciate the job he's doing, and see if uh, see if we can't uh, get something going there. And I challenge the the rest of you folks to do the same thing. See if you can't get 
if you can't get someone there involved. I saw that, uh, who was it here in the chat room? Liberty, uh, Liberty was saying, uh, they were trying to get together, uh, trying to get a peace officers or no, with the county, with the local law enforcement, get something together with them. I think that's great. Oh, I see that you put up another post about the federal facility. You know what? I have the exact same uh, experience with the federal facility here in town. Now the federal facilities here in town in Temple, Texas, are locked up. Uh, You don't get in without uh, going through the, uh, the armed guard at the door, and you have to have some type of uh, get in now. Whereas, uh, you know, before the buildings were open, you could walk in and, uh, you know, you had uh, walk-in access to most of the offices in the federal building in downtown. Not anymore. Uh, you know, they were closed off and locked down. <clears throat> and you didn't get in without, uh, uh, without an appointment. But when I went in, uh, I guess about two years ago, when I went in and I was trying to make my rounds there, uh, I actually got stopped by the security guard, and he asked me what I was doing, and I said I was inviting uh, the different agencies to come to an event, and uh, and that got me asked to leave right then and there immediately. So the federal government wasn't too happy about me spreading the uh, spreading the idea and the information of safeguarding and defending the Constitution and safeguarding our freedoms and liberties. They they didn't like that. They it made them very nervous and they asked me to leave. No problem. Uh I still do the offices individually. Uh and if whenever I go into a new city to do a new event somewhere, I contact everybody in the city first beforehand, like a month uh, beforehand. I'll send uh uh introductory emails to everybody in the city. I'm talking about from the mayor's office uh, down to sanitation. And I'll send emails into the city, uh, including the uh, the uh, uh, local PD, the county sheriffs, and the federal agencies, uh, FBI, uh, ATF, stuff like that. I always make sure I contact the the feds too, and I'll talk to the FBI and ask them to come down because. Uh, I'm sure it never fails that somebody's going to uh, somebody's going to mention what we're talking about to them. So I've always been up front and said, "Hey, you know, we're going to bring in a uh, an event, and here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to talk about. And we'd like for you to come out." Now, surprisingly enough, I have had uh, I would imagine five or six uh, so far uh, uh, above board uh, FBI agents. You know that have come, and uh, a couple of them brought their family members and stuff, and uh, they were very happy with it. Although, uh, although they also told me that uh, you know that the their colleagues, you know, in the FBI, had mixed emotions about uh, about our philosophy. Uh, some of them said that uh, uh, one of the guys was telling me his partner was absolutely against civilian uh, or citizen. I don't want to say civilian because the FBI and the police and everything else, those guys are not military. Right? They're 
their civilian law enforcement officials. He said his partner was absolutely against uh, uh, citizen uh, firearm ownership. He didn't think that anyone other than law enforcement or the military should have the right to have firearms. Now, he believed, the uh, FBI agent I spoke with believed just the opposite. He believed that it, it was a God-given and constitutionally listed uh, enumerated right, uh, which is what it is. And uh, it just kind of goes to show you that, uh, that no matter where you go, no matter no matter who it is, there's going to be differences of opinion all throughout uh, the ranks. And uh, the the question, you know, has certainly come up over and over, uh, especially recently, about whether uh, our armed forces uh, would shoot at civilians, if they would shoot at their own citizens. Now, first off, this is this really shouldn't come up other than, I suppose, uh, in something like uh, where the National Guard was called out or something like that. I'll tell you right now that that I believe, at least uh, that initially, that they would. And uh, and here's one of the reasons why is because uh, if if they were uh, called up for whatever reason and uh, and asked to uh, stand on a line or to perform some type of what should be a law enforcement uh, action and somebody shoots at and kills one of them or one of their their buddies, and I can tell you uh, that they're probably going to shoot back, uh, especially if, uh, if someone in their unit uh, gets shot. This is at least how it's going to operate at first. Now, now, Later on, the, then the issue of whether or not it is the right thing to do is going to come up. But I don't think that uh, I don't think, at least initially, that any of uh, any scenarios where this is a where it's it's a first uh, occurrence of it that that this is going to stop anybody from shooting back. All right. Uh, and I would certainly tell you that uh, that the men and women uh, who stood together on uh, Lexington Green at the North Bridge and Concord, that their example should certainly be followed, and that is uh, that that nobody gave anybody any reason uh, to be fired at and uh, that nobody started anything. Because that's one of the things that put the colonists in, uh, on the high ground, and that is that uh, they didn't start any of this. They were, they were fired on for, uh, for no good reason. So 
that would be my estimation is that uh, at least in an answer to the question on whether whether American troops would fire on their fellow citizens, I think that uh, that at least that the at any initial thing, I think that they might because because uh, they don't know what else is uh, they don't know what else to do. All right, that's one of the reasons that uh, that folks like Oath Keepers and uh, Sheriff Mack. And the folks that are out there doing the job of educating uh, the people in law enforcement and military that, that are educating them uh, on the Constitution and what their duties are. Once they've taken an oath to uphold the Constitution, that's why it's so important. And uh, And we should be doing the same thing. We should be letting as many folks know as we can and in any way that we can. I see that uh, uh, one of the folks is saying that it's Cole or Shadow Man. It's Cole, time to promote and execute Liberty Seeds. Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And uh, I think it's time we started uh, uh, making more and more alliances. There shouldn't be any reason that uh, that we can't, in uh, some way, uh, work together with other organizations that have missions similar to Apple Seeds, especially when we're doing Liberty Seeds and stuff like that. If uh, if there is a uh, uh, an organization that's meeting something like uh, maybe like Oak Keepers uh, in your area, then uh, I would contact them. And see about uh, see about asking if you can speak to their organization, or if you can address the public uh, at one of the keeper uh, organizations, and uh, deliver the apple seed message from the keeper uh, podium. Uh, anytime there is any group that's meeting. Anything like the sons of the American Revolution, the daughters of the American Revolution, uh, they're always looking for speakers. There's no reason that you can't do a uh, uh, a 30 or 40 minute uh, Liberty Seed at uh, any of those meetings. Uh, they've always been. Anytime I've approached the SAR or DAR folks, they've always been very accommodating. Uh, and I'd certainly like to hear about uh, any of the rest of you who have spoken to the uh, SARDAR and uh, maybe gotten a chance uh, have a chance to uh, work with them or, or speak at one of their meetings. Uh, it's something that we should be doing uh, is making sure that we are taking every opportunity to cross-pollinate and uh, and to get our message into other groups. And then there's plenty of other organizations that uh, there's no reason that the Appleseed folks can't uh, can't uh, devote some of their time to. Like I said, Oathkeepers I think is one of the was one of the great examples uh, because. Uh, 
they're doing a great job of getting the information out to law enforcement and to uh, the military about their duties are under the Constitution. And uh, and I think that's a great organization. If any of you guys have any other uh, any other uh, suggestions, then call those in. We'll get them on the air, put it here in the chat, and uh, we'll get it in. Shadow Man, uh, once he says uh, the Chamber of Commerce, which is absolutely correct. Uh, you can uh, go to the Chamber of Commerce, and you can also, uh, we got uh, Appleseed registered with the local uh, Chamber of Commerce because uh, I don't think it was that much. It was either 20 or 50 bucks to get registered. And then we get the we get the opportunity, information out to the Chamber of Commerce and uh, using their website and their promotional tools. And uh, because Appleseed is a uh, uh, is a uh, revenue-producing uh, venture for your county, uh, Shrike says, how do we address the fact that technologically we're outgunned? <laughs> Hell, Reds, armored vehicles, drones, uh, we can't use force or we will be crushed. How do we address this when peaceful measures fail? Well, you know, I, that's something that uh, that we really don't that we really don't address uh, as Appleseed because because that's not what Appleseed is about. Uh, because Appleseed is the philosophy of Appleseed is that we are grateful to the founders. We are grateful uh, to the patriots of April 19, 1775, because what they did is they sacrificed their lives, their their health, their families, their fortune to fight a a, a bloody, a long and bloody and uh, an ugly eight-year war so that we wouldn't have to do that again, so that they could create a nation uh, that is run under the uh, under the documents, uh, under the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, so that we would have other peaceful means of redress. Uh, if, if the peaceful means of redress fail, then... Then there are there are other methods I'm sure that would have to be taken, but but there are other organizations that uh, that would discuss that. Appleseed isn't one because Appleseed mission is a peaceful one, and we're determined. That a lot of people say that uh, that they don't think it can be done peacefully anymore. But you know, one of the one of the things that you're agreeing to uh, when you become an Appleseed instructor, when you become a member, is that you're going to keep trying, you're going to keep bailing. Uh, that's the analogy we use, the Titanic analogy, that the, that the ship that we're on is sinking, but that we are determined and dedicated to continue bailing until the very, very end. That means that uh, 
that when the water gets up above the, your ankles, you don't say, look, I think it's a lost cause. I don't think it's going to work. And you throw the bucket and you jump in the water and swim off or get in their boat or whatever. <clears throat> that uh, when it gets to your waist, you don't give up. Now, when the water is uh, is kind of lapping back and forth there on your chest, you don't give up. That when you have to tilt your head back so that you can keep your nose above the water, that you're still failing that you're still having faith that it's going to work because no one has ever snatched victory from the jaws of defeat by giving up. No one has ever uh, been at the forefront of the fight and, and, and seen uh, defeat turned into victory by giving up. This doesn't work that way. So at Appleseed, we're dedicated fighting the soft war to making sure that, uh, that we're doing everything possible that we don't have to fight the hard war. And, uh, and you want to do this because I'm telling you right now, no matter how many folks you see on your keyboards, uh, you see on their keyboards, Hammering the keyboards uh, passionately uh, with the with the they can pry it from my cold dead fingers uh, philosophy. <clears throat> that if those guys are not willing to get involved with the soft war, if they're not willing to fight the soft war now, I can guarantee you they're not going to be out there on the line, shoulder to shoulder with you fighting the hard war. I want to make sure that uh, that we're pushing the soft war, that we're pushing getting involved with your your local county sheriff, getting involved with your uh, representatives, and trying to make this thing work the uh, the way it, it's supposed to work, and. Uh, and I know that it's hard, and I know that uh, you know, it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating to me. And I know that uh, that it's easy to get uh, to feel, not disillusioned, but to to feel like, uh, what am I doing? You know, this is, it's not working, that, that the faster I'm bailing, that I'm not even bringing the water down an inch seems like the faster I bail, uh, the faster the water rises. Uh, And you can't become disillusioned because as as anybody in Appleseed will tell you, uh, Appleseed is not a uh, a 400-meter dash. Uh, It's a marathon. We have to stay in it for the long run. For the long haul. And uh, and you can really kind of, uh, you can really compare it to the analogy from the name, from the Apple Sea Project name, and that is, uh, <clears throat> for the last seven years, we've been planting seeds. We've been planting the apple seeds. And, uh, 
And at some point in the not-too-distant future, we should start getting uh, the fruit in those seeds. It should start bearing. Now, right now, I mean, it's like I said, if you if you planted, uh, if you if over the course of the, the last seven years you took those trees and you looked at uh, how long they that seed has been in the ground, and it takes a couple of years for the trees to start bearing fruit. And the first uh, the first uh, I would say four or five years. <clears throat> these seeds were getting planted by not that many people because there weren't that many of us in the organization. Hard as we would work, we can only plant so many apple seed trees a year. But as more and more of us come on board, then there are more and more seeds getting planted. That means that in the not-too-distant future, there will be more and more trees bearing fruit. To realize that... As, as much as I'd like to see uh, change happening a lot faster, that uh, that it is not going to happen uh, as fast as we would like it to happen. It's going to be uh, an eventual change, and the, one of the one of the whole points to the Appleseed Project. Is is that as we go along, as we educate more people, as we get more people involved in this in the not too distant future, that the fruit of our labors is going to be that our representatives understand that that any encroachment on our rights. Any failure to defend the the rights and freedoms that that we enjoy by virtue of living in this nation, those rights that are enumerated uh, in the Constitution in the in the Bill of Rights, not given to us by the government, because that implies that if the government giveth, then the government can taketh away. The rights are not given to us by the government. Our rights are given to us as human beings, as the rights of man on earth. And they are enumerated that the eventual fruit of our labors is going to be that any of the, any of the representatives that we send to Washington to represent us know that any failure to defend those liberties, to defend those, the, uh, the rights and freedoms would result in their immediate termination. Their immediate uh, would be an immediate political dissonance for them. That is what we're trying to get to. That's what we're trying to. That's the whole point of this project: is to get enough people active, so that if your congressman or your senator said, "You know," uh, I really hate to do this, but I'm going to have to do. Uh, I'm going to have to vote yes on Bill X Y Z because that's the only way I can get, uh, you know, Senators uh, Alpha, Bravo, and Charlie to get on my side with this, or the only way that I can appease the folks that I get reelected. That that would be an immediate uh, death sentence politically for them. That's where we're trying to head to. Make sure you understand, guys. I'm saying political death sentence. 
not making any kind of threats uh, of bodily harm or injury, because that's that's not what we're about. <clears throat> I'm talking about a political uh, destinance where they know that they would lose their their job of representing us if they don't uh, fulfill it faithfully. So that's where we're headed. And I know it seems that the speed that we're getting there is not the speed we would like. And and a lot of times I worry about it too because I worry if we're going to make it in time, you know, if we if we are going to make it in time. And I, I'm sure I've told you guys uh, I've used the analogy before of uh, – a lot of times I feel like we are in the old pickup truck. Uh, I don't know how many of you have uh, have raced down the gravel road uh, that follows the the railroad track, trying to get up to the uh, to the next crossover before the train gets there. But I feel like that's that's what we're doing right now that we're trying to race ahead of the the train and make it before the train cuts us off. And I don't know if we'll make it in time. But as uh, as a member of Appleseed, I have to keep the faith. I have to keep I have to believe that that we'll make it. <clears throat> so that's what I would tell you. Uh, the the job that we're doing is an important one. Uh, I see somebody has written here in the in the chat about uh, learning the importance of the history of our nation. That's absolutely correct, and that's one of the most important things that we do. I think is Appleseed. And that is to to make sure that we're getting into folks, uh, getting to the young folks, because these kids that uh, that 15, 20 years ago that uh, that might have, uh, whenever the kid, everybody I knew uh, had experience with firearms. Everybody, the girls too. Everybody I knew uh, shot in some form or fashion, either uh, for competition or hunting or just for kicks. You know, just uh, out, uh, uh, you know, shooting at uh, at targets or tin cans or you know whatever. Everybody I knew did that. Uh, nowadays, uh, I live rurally. And even the kids that are growing up now rurally, uh, the majority of them have never laid a hand on a firearm. So what does that mean? That means that in a few years, when they get to the magic age of 18, and now they are uh, considered to be adults and smart enough dog in that hunt, they They've never had a firearm. They never shot one. They don't know anything about it. So to them, it's neither here nor there. It's uh, when you when you've never done something, when you don't have anything invested in it, 
then losing a right that you've never utilized is really doesn't make a whole lot of difference uh, to a lot of folks. So it's very important that we reach uh, the youth of the nation. Uh, and that is done every single time Appleseed opens its door. Very few times have I ran an Appleseed or uh, or you know, or just or have been to any that I've uh, that I've that I've gone to where I wasn't running it, but I maybe I just uh, supervised or whatever. That there have always been kids, and many of them have never shot before. There that uh, have been at the event whose experience uh, has certainly changed their minds, their attitudes about firearms ownership and use. Uh, when a kid spends two days learning how to safely uh, handle a firearm and who has set their have set themselves a goal of improving their rifle marksmanship and then they meet and exceed that goal or they're treated as young adults uh, professionally by the instructors, it has always been uh, like a life-changing event for these kids. And the more times we do that, the better off we are. And you never know where the next uh, where the next major leader for us locally or for the state or for the nation is going to come from. What we're betting on is that at some point in the not-too-distant future that uh, America is going to be swearing in its first uh, Appleseed Project president. And that's one of the goals that uh, that we're striving towards. And one of the goals that you uh, folks out there listening as Appleseed Project members should be striving for. And that's, that's in the not-too-distant future. Uh, that we we shall be swearing in the uh, very first Appleseed Project president. Making sure that uh, we're swearing in Appleseed Project uh, sheriffs and congressmen and senators on a state level, on a national level, that we should be swearing in uh, every single elected official uh, as an Appleseed uh, Project member. Uh, Appleseed Project, City Councilman, uh, you name it, so that uh, so that we know that these folks uh, have been introduced to and experienced the uh, safe uh, uh, heritage of uh, firearms usage and marksmanship. This is what uh, this is how this is what our country. Uh, has been a part of our nation since the beginning. I don't care what anybody says about uh, us not needing uh, to defend the nation against uh, hostile uh, bands of uh, pirates or or Indians or anything like that anymore. Uh, it does that. That has nothing to do with it. Just like Sheriff Mack said, it is it is our right. It is a law that we have the the ability uh, to own and use firearms. <clears throat> uh, 
and uh, and that's where we're headed. That's the only way that uh, we're going to make this work. <clears throat> All right, if you guys want to, uh, if you want to call in and uh, and add your voice to the conversation, we'll be glad to take your call at three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero and if uh, any of the rest of you guys Sam was telling me that he couldn't uh he couldn't search blog talk while he while he had the uh I guess the switchboard open. I don't know, I've I i do not think I've ever tried it so I don't know if I can or not. But uh uh if any of you guys uh happen to find the program that uh Sheriff Mack was talking about then uh, I'll be glad to put that out too. <clears throat> Uh, but I do uh, advise you guys to uh, to listen to it, and I'll find the the address for it uh, this week and put it up too. <clears throat> All right, uh, just a few things that uh, are going on in the uh, in the nation right now, and and the I want to make sure that uh, you guys understand that there are. Uh, plenty of organizations that uh, that do the uh, that do the things that uh, Appleseed doesn't do. And that is, we don't uh, we don't do anything legislative. We don't try and educate uh, folks about gun laws or anything like that because that's not that's not our forte. Okay, we do. Uh, rifle marksmanship, American heritage and history, and that's it. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't be uh, seeking out this information uh, yourself. And there are plenty of ways to do that. Uh, you can uh, you can go to any of the major uh, gun organizations and support them. I'm talking about uh, Gun Owners of America, uh, the NRA. And then, most uh, effectively, your state uh, firearms organizations. Uh, here in Texas, we have the Texas State Rifle Association. <clears throat> Become members of your state uh, organization and and learn from them things that you could be doing to help them, all right? So that's what I'm going to uh that's what I'm going to advise you to do. Uh all right, we've got uh uh I believe this next week we've got scheduled a uh a sh- a uh a sheriff is going to uh uh the things that you can do to make yourself and your home safer for you and your family, home defense, the things that uh, that he has seen uh, in his 20 years of law enforcement, the things that he has seen that have caused grief uh, to folks and how you could possibly 
get around a lot of these things. You know, we've had uh, home safety and home defense shows that I've done before. And uh, the one uh, the one uh, recurring theme is that the majority of the things that happen to folks in their homes are things that could be prevented. There are, there are ways that you could prevent uh, the majority of the grief that's going to enter your life uh, through violence uh, in your home for you and your family. Now, there's some things you can't get out of, right? Uh, you can't get out of your your wife or your husband uh, unexpectedly uh, poisoning you to collect on the life insurance, right? I don't know that there's a good way to escape that, uh, but there are plenty of other things that you can do uh, to help safeguard yourself and your family uh, in your home. Uh, so he's going to be talking about that. So be sure and uh, be sure and listen this next uh, Thursday, uh, 7 p.m. Central. I want to thank the folks that uh, called tonight and uh, thank everybody that was listening. And uh, and we'll see you this next uh, Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. Until then, God bless and keep everyone. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, everybody else.
skies broadcasting lies to billions of people. Camels on the streets dragging who we meet and call this liberty. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.